research on this passage, it's very interesting, um, just the context of what is going on. Um, you read it, and you think, like here in the first verse, Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Aram, was a great man and high in favor with his master, because by him the Lord given victory to Aram. And so if you just read this off the cuff, you think, you know, Naaman is a man of God, right? He has victory through the Lord. And uh, the interesting thing is, is that if you read on, is that Naaman is actually battling Israel. This is, and, this is, and this is so, so interesting because, I mean, what we just read, because by him the Lord had given victory to Aram. I mean, this is, this kind of, this, this is like a big, this is like, what? I mean, this, this guy, these people are battling Israel, and God is for them. Let's go on and read, and we'll, we'll, we'll tie some stuff together with this. So Naaman has victory through the Lord. He's a commander of the armies of Aram. And in one of his victories in Israel, he takes, he takes hostage a girl to be a slave. And um, she serves him, and and she notices Naaman. I mean, he's he has leprosy, and um, let's see. Let's just see what she says exactly. She said, oh, "Let's see where are we at." She yeah. Here we go. She said to her mistress, "If only my lord were with the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy." And so it's. I don't want you to miss what's going on here because there's a lot of stuff going on in just those few verses. I mean, here is a girl from Israel just got captured by this army and then she's helping him. <laughs> it's like, if she, like, I'm thinking with my flesh, you know, sometimes when I read this, I go, I'm not telling the joker nothing. He can die in his leprosy. He's fighting us. This is my enemy. Why? Why in the world would would I would I lend him a hand? We'll put some things together throughout the scripture. So Naaman hears this. So Naaman went and told his lord just what the girl from the land of Israel had said. And the king of Aram said, "Go then, and I will send a long a letter to the king of Israel." And so here's Naaman. He's saddling up. He's putting things together and. You can't really understand how much he's packing up here. Let's just, the scripture says he takes 10 talents of silver and 6,000 shekels of gold and 10 sets of garment. Like, what in the world is a talent? Like, I'm not like that biblically sound in my definitions, but I don't hear. So I, so I looked it up, and it's pretty much the equivalent of the gold and silver together is pretty much the equivalent in our day, about $2 million. I mean, how, I mean, this guy just saddles up $2 million as soon as he hears this girl talk about healing leprosy. I mean, this is, that is, that is some heavy stuff. I mean, as soon as he finds out the cure, he's on it. Let's go on, let's go on and read some more. I don't want to get ahead of myself. So he takes these garments. He brought the letter to the king of Israel, which read, When this letter reaches you, know that I have sent to you my servant Naaman, that you may cure him of his leprosy. And so 
He's saying, he's not sending this to Elisha. This is to the king of Israel. So he gets this, and this is his reaction. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I a God to give death or life that this man sends word to me to cure a man of his leprosy? Just look and see how he's trying to pick a quarrel with me. And so the king of, king of Israel is freaking out because he's about to just, he knows he's about to get just bombarded by Naaman because he's just, he's been winning victories, been winning battles, and he's just find, he's trying to find a reason to just overwhelm us. And so Elijah hears about this and says, you know, send Naaman my way. You know, I'll show him that there is a prophet in Israel. Can you say amen that there's a man of God on the scene? So this girl, even though you don't even really know her name, to me, is, it is one of the most prolific pictures of love for your enemies that I've ever seen in the Bible. I mean, you, you can find different stories. You can find Jesus saying these kind of things, you know, love your enemies, love your enemies. But when you see it, man, it speaks to you. And, and when you see something like this, you, I mean, it's just, it's, you can't even you can't even understand it. Doesn't doesn't make sense to me why she would help him. But but we'll make some things a little clearer here in a few moments. So here's Naaman. He approaches Elisha's house. And so Elisha, you know, hears that he's here. And Elisha sends out his messenger to tell him. You know, go in the Jordan, dip seven times, and you'll be healed of leprosy. And, and if, you, if you're reading ahead of me, his, his reaction is absolutely absurd. See, Elisha sent a message to him saying, Go wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored, and you shall be clean. I mean, this guy has leprosy. Like, this, this guy doesn't have, like, the measles or something. Like, this guy's got it bad. You know I mean? He's doomed. And so here's Elisha giving him the answer. Here's Elisha giving him the cure to leprosy. And I'm just going to you know, understand, like this, is, like, this is a big deal, okay? And I'm, I want you to understand how big of a deal it is because Naaman's response is absolutely ridiculous. But Naaman became angry and went away saying, I thought that for me he would surely come out and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and would wave his hand over the spot and cure the leprosy. Like my wife calls me sometimes, drama queen. Drama queen. You gotta be kidding me. This guy has got the answer. Go swimming. Oh, I can't believe it. I don't know. Surely, surely this is. Are you kidding me? You gotta be kidding me. Naaman? You better get rid of leprosy. And you complaining? I was, I was talking to you that said, give me a tutu and some flags. And I don't, I don't care. If I get rid of leprosy, I'm. I don't, I don't care. I'll do something even, that, going swimming, that sounds nice. I 
but you're angry? And I, when I read this, I thought to myself, but isn't that how we react to God when it doesn't come the way that we thought it would? Come on. Wave the hand over the spot and magically cure it. This guy's been dreaming about this for a long time. He had it all planned out. He had it figured out. There's going to be a ceremony. We're going to cook it afterwards. We're going to do this and that. We're going to party all week. But if you want something from God, you can't have it the way you want it. Now, I'm, come on now. I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, if you really want something that is divine, you can't decide how it's going to happen. You, you can't, you can't, you can't decide how the outcome is going to, you can't decide how the process is going to be. But isn't that what we do sometimes, man? We get, I can't believe they didn't sing that. I wish they would have sang these songs. I just would have worshipped so much. I wish this, I wish this would have happened. I just, I don't know. I didn't. I'm not really for this. I don't think this is really God. It's not really what I like. It's like, it's God. Who cares? Who cares what it sounds like, what it looks like, what it feels like? It is God. And wouldn't it be for our best that as long as it's God, it's good. Amen? I mean, wouldn't it, wouldn't it just be like the only thing that matters as long as it's God and it's his voice? And it's his will and it's his plan. Hey, I'm all about it. The guy knows what he's doing. But somehow or another, we have the tenacity to think that, no, no, it's supposed to be this way. No, 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 no. Surely, surely, you're not asking me to go swimming when I know you can just do this. Because if, I've never been to Israel, but I've had some friends go to Israel. Jordan is not like, like this beautiful, crystal clear river. Like it is, it is just nasty. It's murky. Yeah. Nothing, nothing really beautiful about it. I mean, I would probably say the Kowee is probably nicer than the Jordan River. You know, and that's not bashing the Jordan River. You know, you know. <laughs> I ain't bashing. <laughs> I ain't bashing it, but. But Naaman is so concerned of the process and where and when and how that he, he's going to miss it. He's going to absolutely miss it because he's worried about how, how is this going to happen? How, I know I want to look like this. Oh, my God. I mean, I read this. I just had to read it over and over again. Like, is this really, really happening? Like, this guy's got leprosy and he has the audacity to... Say he wants it done this way. Who cares, dude? I think sometimes we got to get the mentality of, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care what it sounds like. I don't care what it looks like. Man, if it's God, I want it. Amen? Amen. Man, if it's God, we got to just want it. And we, and we got to set aside our preferences, our, our, our opinions. Come on now. We got to set aside some things that just get in the way. And just choose God's word. And just let that be enough. You know, it doesn't make sense. Probably just makes Naaman look stupid to go and jump down a nasty river. But one way or another, either you're going to choose God 
Are you just going to choose him? You know, you know what I'm saying? Either you're going to choose God now, or are you going to live your life dipping in rivers and just coming back to the Jordan and thinking, you know what? I, I wonder if he was right. He goes on to say, there, he goes on, Naaman goes on to say, there's rivers in Syria that are, that are, that are way more, way more nicer than, than this Jordan River. Like, why, how about I just go down there and go swimming? How about I just go down there? Like, surely if the Jordan's going to cleanse me, then... But this is what God said. And sometimes we just have to be just okay with what God has said. Man, and sometimes it's not supposed to make any sense. And what I've just kind of learned to understand, that's okay if it's God. I don't like doing things that don't make very much sense, but if it's God... Hey, I ain't arguing. Amen? I mean, I just want to be about it. So here's Naaman complaining. Looking like a fool to me and us right now. So his servant just encourages him. Surely, if, he goes on to say, surely if, if Elisha tells you to do something difficult, you would have done it. And if you would have ran on the other side of the world and, and jumped in this river or something, you would have done it. But just because it's here and right now, you don't like it. And so he, he, keeps, he keeps pushing him, encouraging him. So finally, Naaman just does it. I think one way or another, you just understand that eventually I'm just going to come back to the Jordan. And might as well just try it now. If it doesn't work, then I'll go swimming somewhere else. I think sometimes we just got to jump in now where we're at. Come on now. We got to jump in now in this river that's in front of us man it doesn't look pretty it doesn't look nice it's ice cold there's nothing fun about it but man if you jump in it you're gonna come out a new person amen we gotta jump in this thing now while it's before us so here's name he finally jumps in and you know of course it happens you know he gets healed and of course he's just like dumbfounded at the fact that this actually happened you know it's like So he gets cleansed, he gets healed. And then uh, he offers money, you know, to Elisha. And Elisha refuses and uh, sends him on his way. One thing I got written down here when I was reading this is, you've got to be willing to do something you've never done. To be somewhere You've never been. Boy, that sounds good at a conference. Boy, that sounds good when T.D. Jake says it. Sounds good when Rod Parsley says it. Well, I'm going to do it. But man, when it's just Sunday in the middle of the summer and you feel like just kicking back, and not doing anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, I understand. I understand. It's nice. But you ain't going to get anywhere. Come on now. Like, the, the supernatural and the spiritual stuff and, and, and being dedicated to Word isn't just for the youth. You know, it isn't just for the adolescents. It's for us, man. 
Come on, everyone is a part of this thing, no matter what age, background, past. Come on, we are in this together, man. We are in this together. And man, and this river that's before us, we just got to jump in. We just got to jump in. Hey, it don't make sense. I don't know why. But man, we just got to step forward in this thing. Because honestly, that's what God wants from us. And I believe that's what God is saying to us right now is just step in. You know, try me out. Yeah, sure, you, you, you can do your own thing. You can do your own preference. You can, you can wait for a prophet to come wave your hand, knock you out, give you a word, have it the way that you dreamed it to be. But eventually, you know, you know, you know, you know, you're going to come back to the Jordan. You're going to come back to that. You're going to want to step into it. Just because that's what God has said. You got to endure this, this stupid, selfish, I don't even know what to call it. That name is, you, you got to endure this, whatever, his, his soulish man, his, his opinion. You got to just endure it, kill it, destroy it, and just accept what God is placing before us. You got to, right now in this moment. And what I tell, what, what I've really gotten out of the, the series that I've done with the youth with his last words was, um, is what are we doing with what Jesus is saying to us right now? We, we know what he said then to them, but what are we doing with what he's saying right now to us in Cleveland, Tennessee? And I told him, you know, it's, I don't think Jesus was sitting here talking to disciples thinking only disciples were going to hear this and thinking only the disciples. When Jesus said those things, I think he was fully conscious of the fact that we were going to be reading it today you know he wanted that those words he spoke to them to be a part of us man we got we got to do something with what god has given us we got to do something with it we got to do something with it you can't you can't wait you can't we have got to take the step forward i'm gonna jump over and just look at a different response to some healing I got this bookmark, and I'm not going to preach from it, but it's Matthew 9, 27. And it's just, it's just kind of funny. It's like one of those random things I just shared one night. It's uh, Matthew 9, 27. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him. Am I catching that? <laughs> As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him. I thought that was interesting. Anyways, might make for a good sermon one day. But I'm looking at Mark 11:46. Now I'm going to be wrapping up my message here in these in just this verse, this passage of scripture. This is a story about blind Bartimaeus. They came to Jericho as he and his disciples and a large crowd were leaving Jericho. Bartimaeus, son Timaeus, a blind beggar, was sitting by the roadside. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he begged to shout and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many sternly ordered him to be quiet. But he cried out even more loudly, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stood still and said, Call him here. 
And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. So this is important right here in verse 50. So throwing off his, his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. Then Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, My teacher, let me see again. Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and followed him on the way. To me, those are like polar opposite reactions to, to the healing of God, to this next stage of life. You, you have Naaman who, who is complaining about this, that, and the other. Like, I want it to look like this. I want it to happen like this. And then you have blind Bartimaeus who is just crying out. Someone's telling him to be quiet. He's crying even louder. And then in verse 50, this is really interesting. Damon had taught us this, but by throwing off his cloak, this is, this is huge, because in, in their time, blind people wore a certain cloak to notify those in the city that this man's blind. And so here, here, here's blind Bartimaeus. He's wearing this cloak that certified him to be a blind person. I mean, he's just, that's his badge. You're a blind man. But here's, here's blind Bartimaeus throwing off. Come on now. Here he is. He's not even healed yet. And he's throwing it off. Jesus, Jesus hadn't waved his hand. Jesus hadn't kicked him in the shin or done something crazy. I mean, like, here he is. Not, not, even, not even wondering, not even like, I wonder how Jesus, I hope he does this. That'd be nice if like, if like their disciples catch me and I fell out and like they prayed out. Like, that'd be so cool. I wish, oh, I hope he does it that way. That'd be awesome. And he's not worried about that. They're not worried about that. What does it matter? You about to get healed. You about to move on to a better life. So here's blind Barmatus. And he, he, he already knows it. He's, ta he's taking it off, man. And I love that approach because he knows what he's about to get. And sometimes we just got to approach God like we know what we're about to get. And we got we to gotta quit walking around like, I don't know what next, what's going to happen next. I don't, I don't, I'm just serving the Lord faithfully and, and doing my best and tithing. And, and no, no, let, let's, let's be confident. Let's be bold. Let's, let's, let's stand up straight and, and be firm in the things that we believe in and be confident. I love that about blind Bartimaeus because, and I hate calling him blind Bartimaeus because he's not blind, <laughs> you know. I, don't we do that? Don't we, don't we call people by like their... But they struggle, like what their problem is, and that messed up, like doubting Thomas. He wasn't doubting, you know what I'm saying? He loved Jesus enough to see him. That's a different sermon, amen. Well, here's blind Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus, <laughs> I'm preaching myself, amen. Here's Bartimaeus laying hold of the thing that Jesus had from before he even had it before he was even healed he was he was walking like he was healed come on sometimes don't we need to do that don't we just need to walk like live like we're in healing rather than moping around I one day God's gonna God gonna get me mine one day you know I was come on man let's live faithfully let's live confidently let's live like we're gonna get it the next service, let's live it like we're going to get it. The next day, the next week, the next time we get together and pray, let's, let's live like we know it's going to happen. 
and not be like Naaman and try to, try to get it our way. Try to make it happen our way. I'm telling you, the things that God is doing in our day right now is unlike anything he's ever done. And it's going to take a people who don't care what it sounds like, what it looks like. I've gotten to the point on Wednesday night worship, we don't even have a worship leader. And, and that could be like seriously the most awkward thing for like a youth, <laughs> youth student. Because sometimes it's really awkward for me. <laughs> you know? I understand like the tension, man. That's, that's just really different. That, that doesn't make sense. You know, why, why would you do that? But now it's gotten to the point where I don't know if we kept doing that. I don't know if we'll ever really need someone like up in front of the microphone, you know, playing instruments and, and blaring music. It's gotten to the point where, it's like, where I say, you know, let's lift up our voice and everyone just starts worshiping God. And you can, it's not like, it's not like, let's worship God. Like I told the kids one time, I told the kids one time, they said, I said, when, we, when I say we're going to pray, this isn't praying. Because it'd be like, hey, let's pray. Okay. What is that? What is that? And Karen used to preach it. Karen used to say, you know why they do that? Because you do it. Or she get up in your business. She goes, you know why they pray like that? Because you pray like that. <laughs> but it's the truth. They following. They are following. And she, I mean, we've been commenting. She tell parents, if you want your son to worship, you better worship. If you want them to get in the word, you better get in the word. If you want all this for them, you better be all up in it. And she wouldn't say it like that. That's how I would say it. But I'm saying those things because I... And I told them one time, I said, I said that, that's not praying. I don't know who told you that was praying, but that ain't praying. That is not praying. That's like sleeping. It's like you're sleeping. That's totally different. And I said, praying is opening up your mouth and talking to God. And I said, you, you, can't, you can't mess up. There's no wrong way to pray. There isn't like, well, you're not supposed to pray like that. You messed up. You're not supposed to stutter. Says it right there in numbers. <laughs> and, and we got down that night and, and we just got in a circle and I said, I want you to open your mouth and pray and, and just pray for the person next to you or pray for your school. Or just, just pray. And really ever since then, I just kind of sense this confidence of like, you know, I'm not, I'm not afraid of who hears my voice. You know what I'm saying? I don't, I'm not afraid of, of if, if I don't sound good. And some of us might be kind of like, mm, yeah, I do. But we're getting there, and I'm just getting to the point where this thing has got to be so right from here. It can't be just like something contrived and make us think that we, we did a good job. But I want it to get down the inside of us to where it just, it's almost, it's almost like annoying just that, that inconvenience of the Holy Spirit to just nudge you. That's what I want. Amen. Isn't that what you want? Just the Holy Spirit just always pushing you and prying you to do the things that he, that he desires. Amen.
I don't care how in inconvenient, I don't care how weird, what it sounds like, what it looks like, man, if it's God, we want it, amen? And I'm telling you, if, if we walk in the confidence and the boldness of knowing that we're going to attain the things that God has for us, it's going to happen. It's just going to happen. It's going to happen. And so, Josh, if you don't mind coming up, anybody appreciate Josh Castleberry? I know I sure do. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be Naaman in any sense. And you may say, that's not, that's not me. I wouldn't do that. You better check yourself. You better check yourself. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised of, of how you would react to the song you like and how you would react to the song you don't like. Let's just stand to our feet. We're going to I want this to get up inside of us, this word. Let's just bow our heads and pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, Jesus. We thank you that you are speaking to us right now, Lord, that you aren't, you aren't far away, that you aren't too distant to be a part of our lives, Lord. And to be conscious of every detail of our life, Lord. And God, I just pray right now, Lord, that you, that, that you would annihilate this naming that's on the inside of us, Lord. God, would you, would you destroy this, this, this part of us that wants it a certain way, Jesus? God, would you, would you destroy this? This, this soulish part of us that, that, wishes it, that wishes it would like this and, and wishes it was a different building and wishes, and wishes we, we had different colored chairs and wishes that we had different songs and, and wish we had different instruments. God, would you completely strip us of the name and, and God and put, us, put in us the desperation to want what you are currently giving us, Lord. God, to desire and to want to step into the Jordan that's before us. God, it's dirty. God, it's not popular. But God, we will not be afraid, Jesus. We'll, we will not be so prideful that we don't take the next step towards you, Jesus. God, would you, would you strip us of the church, God? Would you, would you strip us of our, of our church mindset? Would you strip us of our religious mindsets, Lord? And God, would you do something fresh and new in our lives, Lord? Something new, Jesus. Something that we have never, ever imagined, Lord. Something that we've never, ever put together in our minds, Lord. Even our dreams, Lord, our goals, God, we set those all aside for you, Jesus. We set those all aside to give you an opportunity to do what you want to do. And God, if it doesn't look as pretty as we dreamed it, we don't care, God. If it doesn't look as nice as what we thought it would be, we don't care, God. If we thought we would have more money by now, we don't care, God. If we thought we'd be living in a nicer house and driving a nicer car and wearing nicer clothes, God, we don't care because we want you, Jesus. We want you, God. We want your will, Jesus. We want your word, God. We want your kingdom here on earth, Lord. 
God, we want to be those people who usher in your presence and your glory and your spirit. We want to be those people who are not, who are not offended because it's not our way, Jesus. We're not offended because it's not our style, God. We're not offended because it's, it's not our denomination, God. But God, we are accepting what you are giving to us, Lord. We receive it, Jesus. We receive it, Jesus. Even if it doesn't make sense, even if it's confusing, God, we accept it, Jesus. We accept it, Jesus. Come on, can you just say that today? God, I accept it, Lord. I accept it, Lord. I don't, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense, God. I feel like you've done everything that you can do, but God, I accept the impossible today, Lord. I accept the impossible today. I accept your, your will, your kingdom, your righteousness, your joy and your peace, Lord. I accept it today, Lord. Even if I don't even have it, Lord, I, I throw off the cloak like Bartimaeus and I know that soon I will attain the thing that you have for me, Lord. I'm not going to let my flesh restrain me. I'm not going to let my job restrain me. I'm not going to let my government restrain me. I'm not going to let politics or, 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 or my paycheck restrain me, God. I'm going to go after you, and I'm not holding anything back, Jesus. I'm not going to hold anything back, Jesus. I'm not going to hold anything back, Jesus. I'm not going to let what people think decide what I do. I'm not going to let people's opinion decide what I do in this moment. Jesus, I run after you, Lord. I set aside my past, Lord. I set aside the things that I have done, Lord. And God, I run to you, Jesus. I run to you, Jesus. Run to you, Jesus. I 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 don't care what it looks like, Lord. I don't care. I don't care anymore, God. We're done trying to be prophets and trying to try to figure out what it's going to look like and trying to call it before it comes, God. We just want it. God, would you just surprise us, Lord? God, would you just show up, Jesus? Would you just fall? And absolutely wreck our lives, Lord. I'm just sensing this right now. If, uh, if you're at a place where you just want God just to wreck you. You say, you know what, I've tried doing this thing my way. I've tried making it make it come out the way I want it to. I've tried to make whatever this thing is, my life, my goal, my dream, I've tried to make this look a certain way and it's just not happening. And you just want God just to wreck all your, all your plans and all your ideas, your dreams and your goals. I just want to give you an opportunity just, just to step forward and just give it to God. Come on, if you're struggling with anything that, that tries to make you, that you feel like might hold the things of God back, come on, I want you to just come and give it to the Lord.
Come on, if you want to be somewhere you've never been, you got to do something you've never done, man. You got to pray a prayer that you've never prayed before. You got to sing a song that you ain't never sang before. Come on, if you want to go to the next level, you, 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 you have got to take the step. Jesus has it before you. What are you going to do with it, man? Come on, does anybody want it today? Lord, I want you to wreck our thoughts, Lord. Lord, wreck our mindsets, Jesus. Wreck everything about us, Lord. And God, you don't even, you don't have to stop in the spirit realm, God. You, you can wreck our homes, Lord. Come on, you can wreck how we do our budgets. You can wreck how we spend our money. You can wreck how we run our homes. You can wreck how, how, we're, how we parent our kids. Lord, you can wreck how we act to our parents. God, you can wreck it all, Jesus. You can wreck it all, Lord.